soul is holding up so much they won't budge. I'm never falling the fuck up. I'm a soldier. Even if my collar bones crush or crumble, I will never slip or stumble. I'm a soldier. These shoulders hold up so much they won't budge. I'll never fall the fuck up. I'm a soldier. Even if my collar bones crush or crumble, I will never stumble. I love pissing you off. It gets me off. Like my lawyers when the fucking judge lets me off. All you motherfuckers gotta do is set me off. I'm violating all the motherfucking pets be off. I'm a big few. Hey, uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another thrilling edition of, yeah. Hello, La- Japan. Last <laughs> exit to Brooklyn. Tom McCaffrey, Eric Bronstein, how are you? Hello, Japan. Hey, Japan. Uh, thanks for, we got, we got a lot of downloads f- from Japan. We, Last week. You know that cliche oh, yeah. of you're huge in Japan? That's like kind of happening. <laughs> and Canada and Australia. Last week, did re- it did really well, so... Well, that's rad. Um, so we have a guest this week, um, Molly Heckerling. She's a stand-up comedian. How how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> very funny. You're not that I'm, good. I'm about very as, funny. Yeah. I'm hilarious. Take his word for it. Don't she listen is. to me. Um, yeah, you are. You are funny. I've I've only we we did a few shows together. We did um, Broadway. Were you, yeah, were you at the contest show? No, um, did you did you do the contest? I did the contest. No, I I judged the last one though. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is like kind of a nightmare. Were you the dick judge? No. That, oh, that sucks. He was was he a dick to you? Yeah. Who? The dick judge. Um, right, no, actually, cool he was kind of disappointingly not dickish to me. What, uh, oh, did he say he liked uh, he you? S- he said something like, you know, he went the sexually creepy way instead of the dickish way. What? Like, uh, what was well, he saying? Um, I mean, to be fair, I set it up because I have a joke about like, you know, being a dominatrix and stuff. And he was like, if you ever start up that dominatrix profession, like give me a call. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's pretty cool. tame. Yeah. He kind of call. annoyed when he was being a dick last time. Like um, uh, it kind of turned me off. I've done that contest with him before where I've been a judge with him. And mm-hmm. I was always like, oh, I guess it's supposed to be funny that he's a dick because he's like the Simon Cowell. But then like. It's not an act. He's just like a dick off stage. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he was yelling at people. And I was like, dude, what do you. And it wasn't like funny during the show. And then I was like, this is awkward. There's like, we're on the stage with the comedian. Like. Yeah. So uh, like, how did that feel when you're when you're who won the contest? Yeah, did I you, won the contest. You did? Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. I've never won anything my whole life. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, there um, you go. I know it's like oh god that's awesome and sad at the same did time. Did you kill? I, I mean, obviously. I maimed. It was okay. <laughs> you maimed. Well, that's good. Um, How were the other people? They were they were great. I mean, you know, there were a lot of funny people there. At first Sheba was apparently, messaging apparently me. Apparently they weren't that great. Well, I mean like no, I'm just kidding. They no, it was funny because like Sheba was trying to like coax me into doing it, being like, You'll probably be the funniest one there, blah 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 and I was like, Okay, this'll be a cakewalk and then I went there and I was like, Oh wait, no, I know these guys. Like I might not win this. Oh, y- um, did you know a lot of the people in the contest? I did because so. I had performed with them before, so I was like, Oh, these are like the funniest people of the shows that like I had done with them. When you won, did that did you you get spots i did um one of the other comics uh this guy ben booked me at a show he ran in jersey and uh he's been really cool to me and i got i got the residency spots at broadway okay were they good they were i mean eric was there yeah, she you did great. Test. Was really? oh yeah she always um, kills that's good cool. i wasn't like 
I didn't need like uh, corroboration. Eric, did no, you I do well? Some, no, because like I feel like some of those spots are rough, like the weeknight they spots are. where it's like you mm. know the bar- the Barkers tell people that Tina Fey will be there giving rim jobs, and then yeah. they're just like not happy to see you, right? Um, so it was, <laughs> it was exactly. touch and go. Actually, sometime. I think that would maybe keep some people away. If <laughs> Tina Fey was giving rim jobs. I don't know how appealing that is. Oh no, they seemed really disappointed that really that their buttholes weren't being licked by Tina Fey. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Where yeah. do you stand on rim, rim jobs? Um, Good segue. I stand about like a foot away and I <laughs> lean over. <laughs> you have a really long tongue. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like Gene uh, Simmons long. What? Uh, so, wh- how long have you been doing stand up? Like two years. A little over two years. And w- what made you want to get into it? Because um, it I, just looked so glamorous. Yeah, I figured like I was. I had given up on my life, and it was a good time to start. Yeah, it, that's when it's mm. getting funny. I don't. Would know. Would you say You've that given up on your life? That's well, because it's just like depressing way to. I feel <laughs> like that's a fair assessment. I feel like that's how a lot of people start stand up. Oh yeah, is that not what? Ha- I feel like nothing had worked out with me, and I was like, let me. Everyone says I'm funny. Let me try this. Right. I mean, like if it's if it's. If it's just pathetic enough, there's got to be a way to make it hilarious. Right. right. So what did you, before that, want to be? I was uh, in a band, and I uh, I also studied screenwriting in NYU, uh-huh. which was like, you know, so I'm like a costly failure. Right. Um, so you, a you renaissance w- failure. <laughs> Right, right. So you went in all t- into all the fields that there's a lot of security. Yeah, yeah. I chose all the worst ones. Right. If this um, doesn't work out, are you going to go into juggling? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking of baton twirling. Okay. Um, so you were wait, I would, you were in a band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet you were the lead singer. I was the lead singer it. in an 80s like shoegaze band with a drum machine. and An uh, 80s what? It was like, like 80s sort of synth pop like oh okay Cocteau twins wannabe oh okay. so what you saying this stuff did you, was it original songs or? <laughs> they were original oh, yeah wow. they were originals did you guys sing unoriginal songs <laughs> we we sing, we sang original songs that were written unoriginally so do um, you how long did you do that for uh <laughs> like oh, so you seven enjoyed it? years Really? Um, was that I, like your first, when you were young, were you like, I love music, I want to be in, in a band? I was like, I'm young and dumb and out of college, and I'm going to be in a band, and uh, you know, play at Auto Shrunken Heads, and then I, I got into a band, and I was so excited, and then it wound up like, you know, the guitarist was like 30 years older than me, really? wound up dating him for a while, oh, boy. and then oh. uh, the other guitarist was like a recovering alcoholic, so it just and like wasn't him too? a that party. Sounds like no, a band. he was gay. Uh-huh. That sounds like a band. <laughs> I it was just I like, wonder why that th- guy who was 30 years older than you went into music. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so you could start dating 22-year-olds. Right. Did you uh, have like right. a fake stage name for that too? Not that you... you no, you no. Like I, had my, I had my normal, real, boring Israel name at the time. All right. So... Yeah, um, she has different last names. Yeah, different yeah. Different last names. Wh- are you like hiding from someone? Yeah, I'm okay. a tax evader. Um... um Okay, perfect. That's a good thing to get out there. Yeah. On uh, on tape, or um, whatever this is. I uh, so and so. Where'd you go to college? Here. Yeah, I went to NYU. And you grew up in LA. Yeah. Okay, and did and when you came here, were you like, oh, I want to stay here? You liked it here better. Um, 
No, I mean, yeah, but actually, after breaking up with the band, or like even for a long time in the band, it was like, God, I got the, I got to get the fuck out of here, like, and I did I just you leave? Seem to no, I didn't leave. I've just oh. stayed and been. And then that's when you were like, I got to bitching and miserable. <laughs> yeah. Is that when you decided? Did you stand up? Um. No, it was actually no. It was like after I had my kid and I wasn't in the band anymore, um, it, because I was you know just so over it and I missed performing, but always liked writing and I've always loved stand up because I listened to comics a lot. Oh really? Who did you like when you were? Uh, who was who you Carrot inspired top. by? Yeah, yeah right. Ugh. Um, <laughs> poor Carrot Top. My my babysitter Barbara. He's, fine. He's a millionaire. <laughs> He's fine. He's like the richest comedian. No, yeah. no. Um. Uh, we used to listen to like George Carlin and Chris Rock mm. and Jackie Mason yeah. a lot in the car. They suck. <laughs> they, they're terrible. Do you um? Is George, I, I actually remember when, I, when I, one of the first times I talked to you, you said George Carlin was one of your favorites. So is that one of your favorites? Yeah, he's he's up there. What about female comedians? I really like Morgan Murphy. Uh, Michelle Wolf is awesome. Yeah, uh, Sarah good. Silverman. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a, you know, and Chelsea Peretti. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I used to know her and Margaret Cho. I mean, there's a lot of great yeah, female comedians. She's pretty good. And uh, Marina Franklin. When I was doing the residency, and I, I know, saw you Marina were so Franklin, excited there, about oh that. Are you a she big fan like, of hers? I think she was weirded out. She was like, "Who the fuck is this bitch?" No, Why? She's got fans. Know? She's got a lot of fans. Yeah. yeah. She, okay. She's good. I thought I was. I thought I was like coming on too strong, being like, "I love, I love you." So uh, I was gonna. So uh, I was gonna ask you about your mom and your dad and your. Your stepdad, right? I mean, because he wasn't my stepdad. He was like he was my dad growing up, and then it's like, and then it was like, oh fuck, you're not my biological dad. Okay, um, so that's Neil Israel. That's Neil Israel. And so you grew up with him, thinking he was your biological dad. Yeah. Okay, and he when when I first had talked to you about this, he directed because uh, he's your this whole trio are like comedy icons. It's like such a stupid Hollywood story no, where but it's, it's like they were it, all fucking around and it was the 80s. And no, but it's hilarious because like... cocaine? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you, so your mom is Amy Heckerling. Yeah. Um, which, uh, which if people don't know, directed Fast Times at Richmond High. Have you, have you seen that? Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you weren't even alive when that came out, right? No, I wasn't. But I'm I'm proud of my mom for like creating such great beat off material for like <laughs> generations to come. She nailed it. I think it. that's rad. You know, Phoebe Cates. Is it though? Yeah. Is it beat? Well, that one scene, right? I, I think a lot of yeah. semen think, was lost. Yeah, to, to I don't think I feel of like the, that's feminist as fuck in a way to be like, yeah, female created jerk off scene. Like, well, I think that was one of the things that was like amazing about that. I mean, I I was like nine when it came. Were you about that age? Yeah, something like and that. And did you see it when it came out? Because uh, it's such a night for us. It's like, you know, we were like nine when it came out, and mm-hmm. so it, it was. I didn't see it originally, though. I saw it. Like, I didn't either. I saw it like two or three, like two or three years. I was old. too young to see it. Um, but it became. Such I jerked like, off to Judge, Judge Reinhold, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To Judge Reinhold. Just jerking. before you came here today. <laughs> well, what's ironic is he's jerking off in that scene. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um. I don't think of that as like a jerk off movie because there's there's other teen movies that were just all about like nudity. That one has some, but it's more, you know that that was one of those teen movies that like transcended because that was a time when teen movies were kind of like 
Porky's. Did you ever see that? I never saw it. No. Do you know what it is though? I do know what it is. They, they were like that. Remember? Right. They were like, oh, we're gonna have like naked chicks, and teenagers are always just kind of running around trying to get laid. And Fast Times was more. Well, first of all, it's based on the book by Cameron Crowe. Did you ever yeah. meet Cameron Crowe? I didn't read it. No. No, you ever meet Cameron Crowe? Oh, no, I've never met him. Oh, okay. I guess because it was before. Right. Before my time. Has, uh, they're did, not like besties either. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, not like Ooh. a falling out sort of oh. thing, but just like, it's not like they're tight. Um, right. Does she, and then after that, she, so some of the other movies she's made, sorry to do this to you, are no, uh, Johnny Dangerously. Yeah. yeah Have you movie. seen that? Have I you seen all like, of her movies? I, uh, yeah. So you okay. haven't seen that movie? No, I have seen Johnny Dangerously. Right. I feel like it's widely underrated. <laughs> and whenever I tell my mom, like, oh, so-and-so said they love it, she's like, well, I wish they had gone to see it at the fucking time. <laughs> like, Well, yeah, I think I read later. Has Joe Piscopo ever been at your house? <laughs> I'm sure he has, night. but just like not when I was old enough to. Is that the I, question, I wasn't born then, actually. Is that the first question you get from everyone? Everyone wants to know. <laughs> hey, How's Joe Piscopo? Joe Piscopo been to your house? Oh, he's a big Trump guy now, too. Oh, cool. Uh, Even better. Yeah. Um, just another reason for me to hate him. <laughs> well, I can only. I feel like Johnny Dangerously was kind of the end of his. He was kind of big for a little bit, and then his film career just like fizzled out. Yeah, because he couldn't hang out with Eddie Murphy anymore. Yeah, he couldn't that, party all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but he did a movie with like Danny DeVito, Wise Guys, and then. But it's, I think that's weird. You ever see that where like people be in like three movies and they're like big, kind of good movies and then they like don't work anymore? Like what happens? Well, well, I know one thing that happened to him is he got into like steroids and working out. Oh, he yeah. did. Yeah. And then he didn't look like, and it, that's not funny. Right. You know, comedy, right. you got to look a little funny. And Eating that, disorders are never funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was weird. He got like built. Yeah, and it you didn't can work. be fat, but you can't be like built or anorexic. It's right. not funny. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder how I get away with it. Being You're so, so good anorexic. What? No, just being so good looking and in such good shape. Oh, yeah, okay. and being you that get a pass. I think. Yeah, I'm the only one. Um, so, and then, so anyway, uh, European Vacation, I, I was just watching yes. that yesterday. That's on like every day. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's on TV. Have you, I, I is just. Is it on at like from like 11 a.m. till like 5 p.m. The like, fuck you for not being at work hours of programming? <laughs> no, it's like, um, it's like, uh, during the weekends they play, what they do is. They'll have a, a vacation marathon. Right. They have all the vacations, oh, gotcha. which is you probably know where I'm going with this next. Oh, okay. So because you're Vegas dad, vacation. Yeah, exactly. Christmas vacation. No. So uh, so your biological father's Harold Ramis, right? Yeah. And he did vacation. He did. And you didn't. But is this the story? You didn't know this until later that I, he was actually your dad. Yeah. When did you find that out? I found that out when I was 15 oh. and I found out through Neil because oh god this is stupid um okay. is this uncomfortable no i just you know i like i'm worried it's like oh is someone gonna get pissed at me but it's like what the fuck do i care um so my dad's not gonna listen to this <laughs> <laughs> my parents never listen to anything any, I do you have any relatives in japan yeah because <laughs> yeah. everyone in japan's gonna lose their shit right right um so probably listeners don't even know understand english <laughs> They just love the sound of your voice. It's probably like people in jail who just are like, I need something to soothe me. I need something to beat off to. Yeah. <laughs> While I'm, yeah, because they took away their copy of Fast Times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm um, sorry. Go ahead. So, okay. Neil, your dad, your, so Neil yeah. told you. There's a, there's a guy, there's a comedian named Ron Zimmerman. 
Um, yeah, I, I I vaguely know who that. Do you know who that is? Sounds familiar. He's a you know he's a funny guy and he's a writer. Um, he. Uh, you know, he's sort of like a homeless guy chic. I, I can't describe him. Okay. Uh, you did a pretty good job there. Thank you. Um, and he was friends with my dad for a while, and I guess he had a habit of hooking up with women after my dad had broken up with them. Like, he hooked up with my dad's first ex-wife, and then he hooked up with my mom after they got divorced, and then... You mean... Okay, yeah. And then he hooked up with my dad's wife after my mom after they got divorced okay and this woman wow this out, is complicated it is kind of complicated i feel like this is like this woman turned riddle. out to be like insane okay um, she was like stalking my dad and like you know uh your showing, dad when you say your dad do you mean i neil? mean neil yeah neil, okay um, zimmerman that's ron zimmerman yeah oh okay. what'd you call him homeless guy she yeah. yeah i can see how he 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 that one um, he's a nice guy you know and uh he must be really he's funny been, he's been really cool to me and to be fair it's like if it weren't for ron zimmerman i wouldn't know that you know i was i'm harold's kid and all this stuff i wouldn't know my sister or have that whole part he of my kind of looks like an unkempt barry gibb <laughs> Yeah. Doesn't he kind of? The missing BG. Yeah. Ron this, Zimmerman. This is good. Uh, these are good audio jokes <laughs> to be describing but people. I mean, it really, your your biological parents are kind of both brilliant, dare I say, geniuses. Well, so that's what oh, I was yeah. saying. So yesterday I was watching AMC and they were like vacation. And then next they were like European vacation. I was yeah. like, oh my God, like that's your dad and I, then I your mom. I think that's when I was uh, conceived. Um after I'm, I don't know I think it might have been During European vacation Was it in Europe Was that movie I'm told that it was In in an office In Warner Brothers Studios uh, But I don't know If my no. mom's just Trying to romanticize The whole thing I think <laughs> yeah. it was In the parking lot <laughs> Maybe um, your dad's Chevy Chase No My okay. mom fucking Hates Chevy Chase <laughs> Yeah so I, I think it, Everybody does <laughs> I read an interview About So I, I just rem- I have a very Vivid First of all, I remember when Vacation came out and like I I didn't see it, but it was it didn't get like it kind of got panned. And then I just have a very and it became classic later. And then I remember when European Vacation came out. I remember that summer like very vividly. And I remember like I couldn't see that movie. So for some reason, that movie always stands out to me as a movie I wasn't allowed to see. And then I finally saw it like three years later and people had been like, oh, yeah, I I didn't like it that much, but I like really liked it. Um, so that's kind of how I always like remember European Vacation. So when I heard that, yeah, because like, I that's one of my most iconic movies. That's so funny. Of my child, have you seen it? I have. Yeah. Do my, you, m- what is your vacation? has your mom what European Vacation? You mean? Yeah. Uh, Does your mom have? I read an interview with your mom, and she was like, "I didn't like just it." Like so, she had such a miserable experience. I think between Chevy and Beverly D'Angelo, which is like shitty to her. Oh really? And like I think me? Harold had to like fly to Europe to actually tell them to like cool it with her like it was wow. a bad scene um oh wow that's see that's so interesting like you wouldn't like when you're watching it you wouldn't be like oh they're probably yelling at the director like when they stop filming right. well I, I think the one issue I, I think the movie's all right the one issue i think with the movie um that wasn't under your mom's control is that the kids were played by different people right and those kids in my opinion yeah the were, kids weren't as good you know you had anthony michael hall who was who was back in the day he was like the shit, right right know? he was great right, yeah. right. and um, then um the girl dana baron who wasn't you know what was weird about european vacation so they replaced the kids 
And I don't know if you've seen it recently. I, I never saw the original Vacation, oddly enough. The, how you've never seen it? Is that? Um, wow. But I did see European Vacation. They did replace the kids. And my mom's friend, Dana Hill, I think, played the daughter in the second oh, Dana, one. Yeah, Dana um, Hill. And okay. she was really sweet. She was a great voiceover actress, too. She Dana, used to be on like, Duckman and a bunch yeah, of cartoons yeah. like that. I think it's just everyone was used to the other. Right. Well, and so it's th- like it's always a weird switch up when you change actors. Yeah. Well, that kind of became the running joke with those movies is they always had different kids right. every... That's but the funny. thing that was weird with European Vacation is they replaced the kids, and for the girl, they made like a joke. One of the main running jokes was that she was fat. Like yeah. the whole movie, they're like, "Hey, stop eating!" The whole movie, they're like, "Stop eating!" Well, she's like trying to lose weight for her boyfriend, and she's worried that if they go to Europe, she's going to gain all this weight. And there's a nightmare sequence where she's like in a fancy European restaurant, getting fed all this food, and it's sort of like Mr. Creosote from yeah. Monty Python. Oh, like oh, yeah, she yeah. just it's keeps like, getting bigger and bigger until oh, she yeah. explodes. So and like, her- I still have like a weird. Yeah. Food thing because of that scene. <laughs> well, yeah, and the the boyfriend is uh, William Zabka from Karate Kid. Oh my god, it was is right it? after the Karate Kid. That's like, so funny. Who's, he's now in the new Cobra Kai thing. So, but I just thought it was weird because in the first one, the daughter, it's there's never that's never an issue, and I thought it was weird how they made that. Was she like a hot first daughter? I mean, I guess maybe because they were younger, but they're, they're, that was kind of the whole thing about recasting. They always wanted them, the kids to stay around well, the same Well, it's more age. of that. That's the type of humor that they really couldn't get away with now, you know, uh, making a bunch of fat jokes, especially about a female. Right. Which right. is good. You I can think do it a, with dudes. Unless though. you're Amy Schumer. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, well, she kind of did it to herself. She really, kind of makes movie. the jokes herself. Right, right. Because then when, when, when anyone ever says anything about Amy Schumer someone else her being fat they're like you bastards I kind of feel like it's she wants to <laughs> no pun intended she wants to have her cake, cake and eat it too, too. <laughs> she, where it's like I can make fun of me want, being fat but don't you fucking dare she definitely wants to eat it too Sorry, <laughs> no, I don't even think she's like I don't know whatever. She's I don't fine. think she's fat she's normal she's no fine. well that was that movie came out this year and she's like, oh, you know, her, her character's supposed to be so overweight. And everyone was like, well, it's not really. Right. You know? Did you see that movie? I, I didn't pretty. see it. Um, okay. I felt bad because it, the gist I sort of got was that uh, it was advertised in a way that she wasn't happy with, where it came off more like, ha ha, ain't she fat? And she was like, no, this is supposed to be about body acceptance right. and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem was with her, like, she, she, she became so big and then she kind of became like the the feminist spokesperson like every like she was like the spokesperson for women so now like everything she does is supposed to be like important and like making a comment and i think it's just like no i'm just sometimes i'm going to make a comedy that's just stupid you know what i mean like right. why does everything i say have to be like changing everyone's life well it's an awful lot of pressure to put on just one person right um so Oh, but anyway, I uh, I want to get back to the Ron Zimmerman thing because I feel like there's an important button to the story that okay. I left out, which was that uh, my dad found out through his crazy ex-wife, not actually through Ron. It was like she found out through him and then left him some insane message being like, hey, she's not your kid. Um, oh, okay. So let's just backtrack again. So what happened was he... Go, say it one more time. Just so we can um, say it four more times. Say it. <laughs> I'm gonna make a, a completely different story now. Okay. Um, no, it's it's just no, it's, it's just a series of uh, bad Hollywood would marriages s- and then gossip and then it's like, oh, okay, I'm not. But Zimmerman this. is the one who alerted. 
Zimmerman, I guess, told uh, my dad's crazy ex-wife after he heard it from my mom. Oh. It's sort of like heard it from a friend who... <laughs> okay. So your mom knew the whole time, obviously. Yeah, she mm. knew the whole time. Um, That's a tough secret to keep. You know, uh, my mom's... She's sort of like a brick wall where it's just like, you know, if there's a problem to bury, it's like, you know, I don't... Fuck it. I don't want to talk about it. Like, what's the big deal? Right, right. So um, when, w- did they... Were, were she and Harold Ramis... Very, like good, fr- it was kind of like a good friend thing, and then that just kind of happened. And then did they stay friends? Or mm, no, I think they were lovers for a while, and wow. he had an understanding with his wife at the time, so they were like both seeing. Was that other ever? People. Was that ever like like a known thing? No, right. Um, <laughs> what? <how laughs> I don't think it was like in the tabloids or anything like that, but it was something that I think you could like get away with things back then. Like no one yeah. like had any access to anything. Yeah, but people now in Hollywood, I'm sure there's so many people with open marriages and stuff. Right. Like no, that. I know. I know. Polyamory. Yeah. I just, there's I just, a name for it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's it's just interesting because I've you you had never. Your sister wrote a book recently? Yeah. So my sister, Violet Ramis Steele, wrote a book called Ghostbusters Daughter. Wait, wait. Oh, it's really Harold Ramis's... It's Harold Ramis' daughter. Okay. She got remarried, so her last name is Steele. All right, okay. Um, okay. It's Violet Steele. <laughs> Badass wow. is that. With a last name like that, you gotta be writing books. Right, yeah. yeah. Or be a private detective. Um, <laughs> and I'm Molly Heckerling. I should be, like, painting pictures like the scream and dying of hunger in <laughs> Germany or something so but did you you went but your name was molly israel it was israel and then why uh, did you go to heckerling this is um so after harold died i was uh i was pregnant and okay. um my boyfriend and i were gonna name our baby harper um oh uh, why well, you know, we had a long list of names that we liked, and was it Harper after the, was um, one that he liked. And was that it was after the Paul of, Newman movie? Is there is there a, a Paul <laughs> Newman movie? It was after movie? the Paul Newman dressing. Um, <laughs> okay, perfect. Her name, kid's name um, is Caesar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ranch. Yeah. Ranch. Blue cheese. Harper. <laughs> um, well, in the Jewish faith, you name a child after a dead relative to honor them. So I yeah, thought, you, you know, we'll throw this Eric. name on yeah. the list to just see whatever. And Jason liked it. So we went with it. And we were calling her Harper, like, you know, in my belly for a few months. Like, we liked the name. That was uh, the one we picked. And then Neil kind of put two and two together. And, uh, you know, he got really upset. And we went back and forth for a while. He wanted me to change the name. And... uh you know, I was, you know, on the fence about it and I wrote him a really long email just wanting to like explain to him how I felt, like saying we weren't, you know, resolved on the issue yet. And I think he just like sort of knee jerked and thought I was saying like, no, fuck you. We're doing this. Right. So he disowned me for a couple of years. We didn't talk. Oh, okay. so I changed my name to Heckerling and gave Violet permission to write to include me in the book because up until then I was keeping everything a secret. Now, and how does oh, some, really? Yeah, yeah. How does someone disown you? Do they say something like, I, is it like a formal, like, I disown you? I mean, Did, well, yeah, sort of just like, you know, <laughs> through a very, uh, you know, right. dramatically worded they email. Send you, they send you paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he sent. Me. I think it's just basically an email, and then they yeah, you it was don't, basically you don't hear a fuck them. you email, and oh. and then that's it. And when you, he's, um, but now I've you're been back. Disowned. It's still legally. My name is still legally Israel. Oh, it is. Um, okay. Are you owned again, or did he? Pre- I'm owned again. Okay. Uh, because I went to visit his dying sister. And it was sort of like, oh, that was cool of you to do. That was okay. gutsy. That's like um, re-registering at the DMV. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, look, I'm still here. Yeah, what um, is the opposite of disown? 
uh, own. Pre-own. Pre-own. <laughs> Pre-own. Uh, um, I don't know. Just uh, re- rebought. Yeah, I'm a I'm a brand new pre-owned daughter. <laughs> yeah, I think disowned is just a very kind of like harsh. You know, just sounds harsh. Like, you're know. disowned. Like right. I don't own you anymore. Right. I mean, I totally. Were you get... like, hey, I'm 18 now, so you, I probably shouldn't be owned by adults, <laughs> right? Um, sadly, I am. Um, okay. I think my mom. No, my mom pretty much owns this. It's sad though because it's like, who would want to take responsibility for this? So mess? is it weird? So is it weird? Like, so your mom made like two of the most iconic high school movies. Are, well, is it kind of like when you were in high school? Were you like, oh, this isn't what? my mom made it look like no i you know <laughs> do, do you do you like the movie clueless yeah. i love clueless i you know it was sort of um weird for me because like i was never a cluelessy type of girl and yeah. when clueless came out like the girls in my elementary school were nice to me for all of five minutes and then just went back to being cunts again because they knew your mom made clueless yeah but okay. also how did they find out were you just were, no they just knew it was it was kind of a showbiz elementary school that i went to for a while it was a miserable uh, place really? where people just really shitty it was called the center for early education and they applied they tried to enroll me for kindergarten and they didn't accept me until the uh until the test like you know when they test a movie yeah uh, before they release it and look who's talking got really good test results and then they accepted me it's like such a messed (laughs) up hollywood school where like somebody sent me home with a screenplay in my backpack like it's just a Wow. It's such a messed up town. And this really? was like a she-she expensive end, school. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I would never send did that. Did your mom do Look Who's Talking too? She did. Yeah, okay. she did. But not the third one. Okay. What what script did they put in your bag? Was it um, Christmas Vacation? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I um, don't remember. That's, a, that is, uh, th- that's hilarious. Like, because you, uh, people don't understand that. It's like, oh, what was it, it was like growing? <laughs> It, is that no. did your your dad made that right? He did. Okay. Yeah. He so when I first had you had told me this. So your dad directed Neil Israel directed. He was part of that whole crew, right? Him and Pat Prof. They were like comedy kings of that era too. Yeah, they Pat did Prof, poli- airplane and they stuff. They did Police Academy yeah. together. Did he direct Police Academy? Uh, no, I think he wrote it. He directed Real Genius. No, you know what? It's hilarious. You're you. you that's not right. It's not you right. You know what the scariest thing is? I know more about it. I remember. I don't doubt that. When I talked to you, you were like, "Oh, he directed um, Bachelor Party." He I did direct like, Bachelor yeah, Party. Yeah, no, and I was like, "Oh yeah," and you were like, "Yeah, Real Genius." And for and in my mind, I go, "I don't think that's did right." Did he not? No, it oh. was Martha Coolidge. Oh, it was Martha. Coolidge. Isn't that insane that I it know? It was Martha Coolidge. <laughs> so Martha Coolidge is my dad. Yeah. <laughs> No, I remember thinking, and then I looked it up, and I was like, "That's so weird! Like that, it's scary he that wrote I know." Right? You wrote it. Can you reel off everything in your dad's resume? <laughs> Think of it; just the same thing. Well, my dad directed Police Academy Three. <laughs> I can barely remember birthdays. And then it'd be so funny if you were like, "No, Tom, he actually wrote it." Mm. Well, your dad, dad was a lawyer, or he's a lawyer. My dad it was a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. So, what was his big case? Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, you're right. You're right. But you, w- other people wouldn't just know it. Like Tom, your His dad. His big case didn't have tits in it. I'm sure <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah, believe me, I would have been a lot more interested. Um, no, well, so yeah, so I, I just always remember because Martha Coolidge it stood out because it was a, a female director, and I felt like. She had directed some other, it, you know, like a female director. You'd always kind of hear more about it because it was like a, you know, more like a big deal or something. Right. It's like, l- give the little girl a big hand, folks. She directed a movie. <laughs> did she ever not to get? But did, did your mom ever like 
express things like that to you because I read an interview with her and she basically was saying you don't you don't you don't realize this from like the other side but like she was saying how difficult it was for a woman directing movies because it was like if you have a movie that doesn't do well as a woman that's it they're yeah. not giving you a lot of chances it's true yeah it's like she did loser which like was it wasn't a it wasn't a good one movie with Jason Biggs yeah. yeah. And and then she's just finished, and it's like, how many fucking chances has M Night Shyamalan gotten? Oh my god! Yeah, they don't. Uh, right. Female directors are not getting those chances. Yeah. You know, they have to make it work. Well, I think I even read something like with European Vacation, they were like, yeah, whatever, and and European Vacation like did well. I think like it it made money. Right. But even after that, they were like, yeah, but it, people like it, it wasn't as like. The reviews weren't as good, but Vacation didn't get good reviews. No, no. It's really weird. These movies like come out, and they don't, they get panned, and then fifteen years later, no one remembers that people didn't like them. Well, well actually, I want to actually go back to Clueless for a minute. So you probably remembered that a little bit more than experience, right? I do, yeah, because I was like nine years old when they were shooting it. I was on the set a lot. Oh, um, really? It yeah. wasn't sort of like I got to high school and was so disillusioned because it's like Stacey Dash was like twenty six at right, the time. Right. She had a kid running around this. I know it's pre her being um, oh crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. cunt. You know. Um, Shonda to the entire <laughs> black community. <laughs> right, right. Um, what was I going to say about and that? Then, uh, get, and close from is really it's a modern. It's Emma, but reworked. Right. Yeah, and uh, I think the Emma clever. people who were making the Emma movie at the time were they had kind of this haughty attitude towards Clueless. Oh, right, right because that, the Gwyneth Paltrow one came out like right after that, right? Yeah. Um, that uh, I like that movie. I just feel like I was I was older when it came out, and it's like not really for me. I feel like it would be more creepy if I was into Clueless, because <laughs> it's all about like girl, like sixteen year old. Oh, girls. I love. No, I don't care. I always love teenager movies because you know why I, like, I do too. Because I, I always feel like you know the high school movies or these coming of age movies. The plots are very, not confusing at all. They're very simple. Right. And it brings you back to a time. So many movies now they try to just. They try to confuse it so much, add so many twists. And usually, high school movies are always just straightforward. Yeah, right. you know, it's I like he, f- he fucks a pie. The end. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like I saw that. What movie, movie is that? <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for ruining Schindler's it. Schindler's List. I actually, yeah, <laughs> Apocalypse <laughs> Now. I uh, I was just for some reason. Do, do you have so because of this background? When you were growing up and you'd be on sets, were you like, I want to make movies, I want to be in movies, or did that not? I, I guess the my question is like when you look at it maybe from the other side it looks more glamorous when you're growing up in it does it make you maybe not want to be a part of it because you're around it so much it doesn't seem like I mean I but then you see like oh this is a nice house yeah it's, that's the crazy <laughs> thing about going back to LA as an adult and staying in my mom's house and being like this is like uber privilege like i felt bad about it at the time growing up but now i just feel like super bad oh really um a little bit but i think you have a good future in comedy like when i first saw you i was like i was like what is this problem doing it like 10 years and stuff you like think? that right. well, yeah the, uh, the other thing is why well, wouldn't you compliment well, well why wouldn't you, you it seems like your natural kind of what 
Is it a thing where like obviously you come from like comedy, right? Right. Yeah. But like I, some ta- But sometimes when people like come from a thing, they're kind of maybe hesitant to do it because they're like, "Well, I want to like do this." Right. So do you think you went through that a little bit? Like, well, I'm going to do my own thing. And, I like, definitely went through the angry Howardson teenage phase <laughs> where I was like, "I'm going to be a server and I'm going to just like have a crappy apartment and I'm right. going to live the way the other half lives." And then it's like, and then you reach a point in adulthood where you're like oh so you're a fucking tourist that's insensitive oh. too um right. and also like i had so many serving i mean not so many for people who actually have a career in service but i i've had a fair amount of service jobs and it's like oh this is what it's like you're having nightmares about work you have no life this is horrible it's a dead end like it's shitty that people right. have to fucking right. and New York especially because the cost of living is so high so you just feel like it just chews everyone up and spits yeah. them out are you so were you interested in filmmaking young or did you want to get into that business or um, yeah I think I was no and I, I still you know I never didn't want to I think on some level want to be a writer or a performer or involved in film somehow but um are you are you like a big film fan i think you know i think the writing and the comedy for me and and to an extent the performance stuff wins out over the technical realm of filmmaking i know some people who are like super passionate about film and that's their language and i would love to be able to direct a movie but for me it's it's much more important to be able to write it or to be able to do something because that is the thing i'm really into films and stuff and like and i grew up that way but once I started like working a little bit in that realm and I would be, you know, on a set and the technical side of it, I started to like hate it. And I was like, man, this is like a nightmare. And it's I very had, monotonous and all that stuff. Well, and then like, you know, I, I acted a little bit in some things and like I did a thing once and I, you know, I, I was, you know, I mainly just started doing stand up and I, you know, before I did any of that stuff. And so I immediately was getting that kind of, you know, you get the immediate feedback. And then when I was like, I was on a set of a thing once, like three years ago and I was filming this thing and there were just like actors there and that's all they did. And they were waiting for like nine hours. And I was like, if this is, and then they shot for like 30 minutes and I was like, this is what you've been waiting to do. Is this even like, and their part would, they'd be like, Hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I know that you're like, oh, I love acting, the craft of acting, but I'm like, are you getting anything out of standing here for nine hours ago? Hey, what are you doing? Like, oh, man, I really like, like, uh, followed my passion today. Right. right. Well, that's why I think it's hard for stand-up comics to go into acting, because in stand-up comics, you get a certain amount of time on stage. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's All the attention's on you. It's a very creative outlet. And then you move into acting and you get a couple of lines that someone else wrote. Well, that's it's what, hard for. for you know? That's what um, this is a good segue to. Sorry, to, but like Rodney Dangerfield was a comedian for years and he had never done a movie. And then he did Caddyshack, right. which obviously you're, de- you know, another yeah. like iconic. And I think that was like one of Harold's first movies because Violet wrote about that in the book where it's like he sort of didn't know what he was doing. And. He told the camera guy, like, oh, okay, let's set up over there. And the camera guy's, like, with the tents and the craft service table in the background. And then it was sort of, like, it taught him to be, like, oh, if you don't know, you should ask. Like, where do you think the camera should go? <laughs> right, right. Um, I actually, I saw an interview with with Harold Ramis once, and he said, and he talked about when he did Caddyshack, how, I forgot, I don't know who it was, but I think it might have been Doug Kenny, who, like, started the National Lampoon, and he was, like, right. 
the first time I did a movie, they were like, you know, you should make a movie, Daniel yeah. Ramis. Like, you look like you, you could be, like, a movie director. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. And that's, like, when he got first got his head to direct a movie. And what's funny is I remember, um, like, five years ago, I was at a show, and, like, Jim Gaffigan was there. And I, like, like it was kind of when I first had known Jim Gaffigan. I kind of was becoming friends with him. And... I was talking to him about I, I I'm really into movies and I get into conversations about movies with people and I was in one of those conversations and he was like he was like you should make a movie <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah you think so he's like yeah you seem like you, you seem really into movies like you th- I think you should do it and then I made a movie yeah, so like started two your por- years your, ago your porn career yeah exactly yeah. um and then I never <laughs> made a movie no but like I did make a movie <laughs> and I I always remembered like. Oh, that was one of the first things that like st- Jim Gaffigan telling me to do that kind of like, and I'm sure he doesn't remember that at all. Right. But it's funny how just an off the cuff thing yeah. can like. <laughs> What's know. a hollow pleasantry went... to one person? <laughs> what? What's a hollow pleasantry to one person? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is taken to heart. No, totally. Yeah, yeah. So, did you talk to Harold Ramis at all or no? Yeah, um, we didn't. We didn't have like. A super consistent relationship because like I met him when I was already like 18 19 and then we had like a very um you know we had like this beautiful connection where it was like oh my god you're awesome I love you like you know when we were like really on great terms but I'm a flake and um I'm very bad at staying in touch and he has his like family in Chicago and stuff and oh yeah you know, it's also weird when you sort of Did you of badmouth like, the movie Multiplicity? Is that the problem? Did he make No, the movie? I badmouth Stuart Saves His Family. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he disowned me too. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Um, multiplicity you, was okay, actually. I didn't see Multiplicity, uh, but I really want to see it because I've heard actor friends saying that they love Multiplicity. Yeah, it's okay. It's just, um, I yeah. think it got people hit on that hard because Groundhog Day was so beloved. Yeah. And right. it was good. Multiplicity is good, but I do think you know the Groundhog Day is is better. better yeah. yeah, I remember multi. I never saw Multiplicity. It kind of came in like I feel like it was when like so many movies had come out. I think it got lost in the shuffle a little bit. And then you did analyze this, right? Yeah. It, oh, that's a good movie. And that was yeah. also kind of the weird thing about reading Violet's book. You know, getting back to like the sexism in Hollywood thing is like for as genius as Harold was, like he had his fair of, his fair share of failures, and it's like he still got to continue making movies and get second chances and have comebacks and stuff and it's like how come mom never got that right but i so i guess like clueless must have been kind of one of her big kind of comebacky th- things and look who's talking it's uh, actually it wasn't really a comebacky thing she had to grind it out i mean most of those movies i think she made before that were making money they were but i feel like she she it, I, it was the first time I remember her like coming out with a movie in a while. She so took, I don't know. She was working on something else for a while called Rat Race. Um, uh, d- they made that new movie, right? They, they made a different. Junior? It was a different Rat Race at the time. Oh, that, okay. um, but uh, I think she was working on that for a few years, and um, her agents or some somebody was like, "You know what your problem is? This is too smart." And in her mind, she was like, "Oh, you want stupid? I'll show you stupid." And then uh. she wrote Clueless. Oh, really? <laughs> and yeah. she wrote "Look Who's Talking," right? Yeah. yeah. Actually, "Look Who's Talking" is very much. 
Well, the story of like you know a woman having an affair with a married man and then having a kid and it's sort of Ooh. like Do you, is and it and kind and of based on it the experience is. with you? Well, it's based on experience with Harold. Yeah, and I think but Harold, you're kind of supposed to be Mikey, right? Yeah, and Harold so you is supposed to be like the Robert Siegel character, right? When he's like, oh, I'm going through a selfish phase. I think that was something Harold actually said. Oh, so he always referred hilarious. to it as that horrible movie. Oh, okay. I gotta see that movie. I like that movie. So you, yeah, but you movie. were saying so it's based on you. So when you were a baby, your inner uh, dialogue sounded like Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, actually, on that movie too, because both those guys were uh, big Scientologists. Oh, so I, crazy. I wonder if my mom has like the Midas touch for. <laughs> <laughs> Making actors crazy conservative Scientologists. Oh, that's right. That's but they were both already Scientologists, right? Kirstie Alley and John Travolta. Oh, were they? I, th- I, I think so. I I'll just, have to check my Travolta, diary. I think Travolta might have gotten her into that, but I'm not sure. The only thing my mom talks about Kirstie is like how she used to be obsessed with Yoshinoya Beef Bowl. Kirstie Alley? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And she would always go, Beef Bowl! <laughs> wow. I've never heard of anyone being that into Yoshinoya Beef Bowl. <laughs> Um, I so do you so w- growing up there, kind of around that business, like, w- did you enjoy it or what? What, what was it like? Really, How were the other kids? Were they like very? Would you hang out with other like celebrities' kids and were they like shitty? Were they um, on drugs or was it boring? I mean, it- like you know, I. There, I didn't hang out with shitty kids. I was the kid who had like very few friends, but good friends, and we were all kind of outcasts a little bit. I was really good friends with Tyne Daly's daughter, Alexandra Brown, growing up. Okay. And uh, and then across the street from me lived a girl named Erin Margolis, whose father used to direct the Oscars. Oh, a lot. okay. And, um, she was cool. I mean, that's the extent of the Hollywood shit. And then I I switched schools. I went to like not. A shishi Hollywood school. I I changed because I was so miserable, and I wound up going to like one of those really tiny charter schools that probably shouldn't even be a school. And that's <laughs> when I started hanging out with like all the druggies and oh. becoming like a delinquent. Where, where where was that in Hollywood? It was a place called Newbridge, and it started okay. off on like they never owned the property they were on, so the school moved to like three different campuses throughout the time I was there. It was like K through twelfth grade. There were like thirty two kids in the whole school. <laughs> Wow, really? There are like yeah. two kids in each grade? Well, it's exaggerating <laughs> oh a little bit. It must have been really hard to cut school. <laughs> yeah. Like, Amy? Well, I mean, the teachers like would Molly. probably be like cutting class and smoking grass with you. It was like, it was that kind of place. Wow. And you wanted to go to a school like this. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. And then apparent, uh, like eventually when I hit high school, my parents were like, you're not staying at Newbridge. For-. And then I went to Beverly Hills High School. Oh. And that place was like going from like a tiny place to like... Just a sea of anonymity cool. where it's like... Did you know, like, Dylan and Brandon? No, I... That I was, was at West Beverly. That was West Beverly. I was hanging out with Max Landis. And Is that John, John Landis's kid? Yeah. yeah. He, and he's in... He's, he's, in, he's crazy. Well, he's oh, really? the one with that issue. I mean... Did he... Something happen with him? Well, he was... They've been bringing up the Me Too He stuff was vaguely Me Too'd. He was Me Too'd? Every, everyone was a little Me Too'd. Yeah. I think. Um... Yeah, Why, so, like, that's a good segue. So, all right, th- one of the latest Me Too's is um, Chris Hardwick. Right, do, were, right, do you, right. Were you a fan of his? Or uh, you know, at, at midnight, it's like okay, this is punny. 
Yeah, <laughs> I never really watched it. And it, then we, Talking Dead, it's like, I'm all right, who cares? I don't think anyone's really yeah. a fan of his because he's like a, ta- a game That's show That's what host. I was thinking because I was yeah. like, he's trying like to wallpaper, think. really. He's yeah. like if Joel McHale was like not as cute but still a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like n- none of the good parts of Joel McHale. Yeah. So anyway, I I, I heard actually a story. Um, he's about the Casey Joel Affleck to Joel McHale. <laughs> he's like the Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> well, I heard a story of, about his because he's, he's, he's been doing stand up for a while. Who has Chris Hardwick? Chris Hardwick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, someone told me about he worked one of these big comedy clubs in New York City, and this person was watching him, and he, he had a, he has a kind of, at least he did, have a big fan base. Yeah. People would come see him, you know, but he did the Nerdist, and that He midnight. became like the Nerd King. Right. But Which so, is so funny, he's not in, like, how did these guys become the Nerd Kings? They're all like, right? they're all like thin, and like dressed great, but go ahead. And they yeah. have good hair, and it's yeah, like, yeah. Off. <laughs> Well, nerds are good looking, I don't know. But anyway, the person who was watching him said that he did like an hour, and he had like no material. He was just talking about his day and like working backstage <laughs> on, at midnight, and, right, and, right? And working out the nerdist, and people were like, laughing. he did like the Aziz thing. Remember, like Aziz and sorry stand. I mean, like he's fine, everybody. His standard became just like, hey, I hung out with a celebrity. Here's yeah, a thirty minute right. story about when I was at R. Kelly's house, like yeah. Kathy Griffin too, a little bit. Did she do it's that? Like, oh, let me tell you about the time I saw an Olsen twin at Hyde, and it's wow. like, who fucking cares? Yeah, and it's just sort of like i guess if you have a following you can get if they like it yeah but i met chris hart so first of all chris hardwick the the first time i remember him is when he did the dating show singled out with jenny mccarthy do you remember that yeah on mtv like so that was what i had seen him you know like in 96 and then i was she was like giving everyone um Autism. <laughs> I was going to say she was a, what's the word? Um, does she have an autism thing with the shots or something? Yeah. She doesn't let her she kids like get shots. She thinks her son shot out his autism with a macrobiotic diet or uh, something. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. That sounds but she blames, the, uh, she blames the shots. What are, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, hey, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, the Immu- immu- immunization yeah. shots. She was giving people immunizations on the single down. Sh- single down. <laughs> right, right. Um, so he did that and then like I, I moved to LA like 2000 and I just started doing stand up and I there was like the alt scene was kind of becoming a thing and like Westwood had this open mic but it was like this clicky alty open mic and if you weren't in the crew they were like shitty to you mm-hmm. kind of but I, did, I was just trying to get up wherever I could so I would go there and I knew they'd be shitty but I would just do it because I didn't right. give a shit and he was like the king it was always like Chris Hardwick's here and I was always like yeah. is that the guy from Singled Out and I was like why is he like the king of this like alt scene they're like, acting like he's Lenny Bruce right and I was like that was and I remember being like you know I would say this to my friends when we went there I was like that wasn't a good show like it wasn't smart no. and then they were like oh he got like another pilot you know, this is like 2001 it was like big rumblings like that's hilarious no and then it was um, I watched and it was like a dating show it was about people who went on a ship together for a date shipmates and I was always like why is this guy like they so anyway they, they had an award show this open mic because that's how like insular it was they kind of like had this like oh we're so cool we're gonna have our own award show and I had only gone there like five times but I guess like a couple of the girls are like sort of liked me I think one of them who's a big big there like had a crush on me and she was like hey will you present an award with me in the award show and I was like yeah all right so I went there and I did the thing 
the the I presented the award, and then like for some reason I was like nominated for awards, and he was presenting an award, and my name was in the category. Oh my god! And he was the king of this play, and in the middle, he he read my name in the middle of the ceremony, and I was in the front row, and he looks at me and he goes, "Who are you?" <laughs> he goes, "You come here? Like I? Why don't I know who you are?" Like he made like a big scene in the middle of the show, kind of like embarrassing me. Yeah. So that was my like first. Encounter that was my only real encounter. I met him like another time after that, but briefly. But I was just like, fuck you, man. Like, it's not my fault. Like, the people that you know worship you like me, right? Okay, no, but he, he's obviously a dick. You know, I think that's you know, I would have just been like, I am everywhere you want to be, Chris Hardwick, right? Right. <laughs> No, it kind of made me feel good because I was like, the the king of this place is like, um, it, like he seemed like threatened by me, right? Like, like you're the dark horse coming in. To- yeah, like why are why don't I know about you? You know, I want to ask you a question because you were actually just uh, in L.A. doing stand up. Yeah, and what did you think of the scene? I really liked it. Um, Had you ever been and done stand-up out there like before? No, I haven't. Okay. But it was a really great experience. I mean, I'm grateful to you and Sheba for like hooking me up with you know bookers and shows. And it's a great and, experience uh, when you just are there for not long and can right. leave. Right. I feel like if I live there, then it would be like, oh, this is different. But like everyone like asked me back, and like you know, oh. three shows turned into ten. Yeah, hey, that's big. People, it was good. It's it was also really like good. there and here. People are really into you when you're just there for like two weeks right because you're like they're like wow they have a lot going on but when you move there they're like who gives a shit about you well you're less of a kind of a uh, it's, it's less interesting. Like you, you don't seem like a commodity. Right. You know what I mean? It's the novelty like, wears. But out. also, the comics I feel are not as strong. And so when you come from New York, and she was probably blowing away a lot of these guys out there. You know what I mean? Do you ever? Yeah, I'm sure you were. And do you ever like? Uh, when you try and get on shows, are you like, well, here, these are my parents? No, no, no. <laughs> you should. I yeah. I would feel like such an asshole. No, really? Just get on the show and do well. You know, also, like, the, I, like I those that. names mean nothing in the comedy realm. Yeah. It's like so funny. They're not like, even my parents when I the, say that they're my parents. Yeah. Did you say Harold Remus was your dad? Yeah. <laughs> How's it working out for you? <laughs> It's going pretty good, I got it. Really? Oh, fuck. I should have thought of that. I know. It's too late. Uh, now you're going to look like you're copying me. Right. Uh, no, but um, can you tell the story before Eric got here? Y- 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 you got her on a show. What was it called? It was uh, it was at The Dime with uh, Adam Hunter. Yeah, that's And cool. uh, it was, you know, all the comics in L.A. know him and they know of the show. And every person that I said that I was doing the show was like, oh, like, yeah. you know, lots of luck. Um. Because it's like a hard show. It's a hard room. Be- is it because like show. half the room's not listening? It's partly that, but also it's just kind of a weird setup because it's like it is just a bar. It's not really a performance space. <laughs> and they have like a soapbox that you stand on yeah. oh, right. that's like two by two feet. And then there's like a hard spotlight that hits you like right in the chest and like lights you from under your chin. So like you look like you're about to tell us a ghost story. <laughs> Are right. you glad I hooked you um, up with this? Huh? No, and it was like it was, <laughs> it was at like, the end. They punch you in the cross. Well, also, it was like a bunch of my mom's friends came. <laughs> oh, from they came to that show? And it was weird because like when Adam was doing his bit like some of them were kind of reserved and he was like are you guys with a fucking PTA meeting like what's <gasps> going on here uh, um, oh so God. they were just like a hard sell even for me um and like yeah it's like one of those divided it was one of those things where it's like this feels like Jersey this feels like New York like this is uh, more what I'm right. used to and it's in the middle come- of like is it like 
what like West Hollywood or something? It was on Fairfax. Yeah, yeah. is that West Hollywood? I is yeah. it? Did you had your family come to that show? My godmother came and she brought like a bunch of people, like a couple friends of my mom's um, and stuff, which I feel like is always awkward to do stand up in front of. Family yeah, and it is. You know. When you know someone and they have they seen you before? Um, my no, I mean some of them hadn't because uh, that's because really they're awkward. California people. Um, when you like when you when someone's been like for a long time been like, hey, I really want to come see you, and they've never seen you, and then they come. Right. It's always I had that like two weeks ago at, at Broadway. This girl I'd known for like two years. Hang on, Did someone knock on the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna have to cut that out, or not? It's okay. <laughs> or maybe it's spontaneous. Just leave it. Okay. Um, it totally. We're gonna. Do you guys mind if we start over? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I just had this girl I'd known for three years was like finally came to see me, and I was nervous. I was yeah. like, I'm doing all my A shit. Right? Has your mom seen your stand up? Yeah. Where's she in, in the city? She's a, she's a tough sell. I like. I feel like I always do kind of poorly in front of my mother. My mom and my brother in law are like the two people that I always suck in front of, and they're like the two people that I want to impress the most. Yeah, that's that's um, that's how it goes. But where where do they see you in the city? My brother-in-law saw me uh, at Broadway once and then once at Caroline's. The first time I did Caroline's where I, when I bombed because really? I was like also so just so nervous. Is it because you were you think? I was so nervous. Yeah. And like, you know, when you have a new opener that you think is like relevant to the setting and it just dies mm-hmm. because it's contrived and it's new and untested. And then you're like, oh, my my whole mojo's fucked now for the rest of the set. Right, right. I don't, I, no, I don't know what that's like. Right. It always kills when I do it up front. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just wrote this and it destroyed. No, that's, right. if you're nervous and then you're kind of like banking on your opener, like set, setting the tone, if it doesn't do well. Well, well when you, you have get, short sets, which, you know, in the city, at least you're going to get 10 or maybe less or whatever. But it's important to usually start strong because it's hard. If you dig yourself into a hole, right. you, can, right. you can get a little nervous. And then you're saying the jokes that you know work in a different way. Right. You're speeding up. The worst yeah. is then the whole you, thing just spirals out of control you know have you ever had this where like uh you'll be doing a show and it's like a rough crowd and then you're like okay i'm gonna do my best joke and it like does okay (laughs) and you're like oh shit that was the best thing i had (laughs) right and that didn't do that great i've had like you know where it's like oh this is a strong joke that usually gets a laugh and then it just like doesn't get a laugh yeah and then like a random beat or a throwaway line will get a laugh and it's like why that like i think i that is weird i think it's because they can like sometimes sense the off the cuffness Mm -hmm. yeah so sometimes if you're if you seem too like Rehearsed, yeah, rehearsed. It's like, and then if you're like off the cuff and it's a real moment, because I've had that like jokes that I that they kill won't do well, and then I'll make fun of how shitty it went. They're like, right? They're like, like, we think so too. That's so relatable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why crowd work always seems to be decent at it works well because it's it is off the cuff and it is very natural. Yeah, you know, and if you're good at it or you just you know you can always kind of. It's good to have that in your toolbox sometimes, yeah. crowd work, because it makes it hard to bomb if you can If you do get a good crowd work, work. Oh, work I can't do off. crowd work. What? I can't do crowd work. Well, it's not just something that you well, pick up over time, and you know what? Well, because I don't... I always felt like I couldn't do it, and I feel like I'm not good at it, but I... 
I can do it, but I don't, I don't like doing it. I no. did, people are like, oh, I love crowd work. And I'm like, I didn't get into this to talk to people. Right. Like, I got into it so they just had to shut up and I would talk. No, right. it's, 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 you don't, and you don't get on, t- you don't go on TV and do crowd work, really. Right. Well, it's good but, to just have, like, I think the main thing about it is, like, to, is to, I finally stopped being afraid of it. Like, I wouldn't shy away from it. Right. But, yeah, so. So, but you're a great comic, though, and I always see you do well, anyway. Thank you. you know? so, um, yeah, but, so do you like doing it? I do. It's. I mean, like, I love it and I hate it because, like, I'm never not nervous before. Do you get really nervous? I get so nervous. So do I. Like, I can't eat anything before a show because, like, I've puked in the sink at Broadway. Have you? Like, oh, I really? Have I get like so? Oh. It doesn't yeah. matter if I'm like playing to two people that in a pizza place. The smell like, I'll that still. Night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that explains the Jackson Pollock looking walls in the back. Right. Right. Um. Do, do you do you still get nervous, Eric? Uh, not really. I mean, I would say unless it was like a kind of a different situation. Uh, I, I get more nervous if I just like a ton of comics watching me. Oh, I get better with that because I feel like comics like like me and I'm like, um, when comics show up that like me, unless it's a comic doesn't like me. Yeah, but I'm really good performing for comics who like me. And that's I'm really great performing for people who like me. Yeah. yeah, I'm one of those disgusting people who wants people to like them, even if I don't like them back. And it's like right. I feel like well, that also hurts that, my I, comedy sometimes. Well, I don't. Yeah, I feel like that, that's a big reason why people go into comedy. No, because I, I did a show a couple of weeks ago, and one of the comics I knew was just sitting right in front, right in front, just watching me, and he wasn't laughing. So really? like it would be. In the show, I'm like, sorry oh, about that. No, I just go get the hell out of here. What are you doing here? <laughs> Who was it? Someone I know? No, no, maybe. But it, uh, and I'm like, just fucking. Wh- why are you doing this? I think he's like, oh, it's there's a lot of people left, and so I wanted to help you with the, you know, because <laughs> yeah. the audience. I'm like, well, you're not helping. You're just a body staring at me. Right. Get it's the like, fuck out of here. It's like that Seinfeld where the pilot, oh, the yeah. audience. Um, do you, do you like Seinfeld? I love Seinfeld. Yeah. That's, um, that, that's why. That, but sometimes, like, I won't like to talk to audience members before the show because then I'll have that. Sometimes I'll talk to an audience member before the show, and all of a sudden I start focusing on that audience member. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And so it's sometimes it's not good to do that before a show. Right. 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 It's sort of like you want to treat them like a room full of prostitutes, or it's like <laughs> I can't humanize you too much, or I'll yeah. get nervous, and I never, I don't ever want to see any of you ever again. Right. Right. If I did that, it would, it would be a very weird show. <laughs> if I treated them like a room full of prostitutes, um, but I also think that she is very—you were very funny, and I mean, obviously, that's why I was trying to say is when I first saw you, I'm like, wow, she's very advanced for where she is. And then I kind of found out a little bit later on where your parents were, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense now. It's a genetic thing, and it didn't skip a generation. Yeah. So, so you gotta, you gotta have to, you know, some parents, you know. Well, I was wondering why she was just doing lines from Caddyshack and Vacation. <laughs> I was like, right. oh, now I'm, I, it, it's in the blood. Um, so you're a naturally funny person, so that's why comedy. I think. But do is you feel like not the does, does that feel <laughs> weird though? Is there like a thing of like pressure of like oh, when people find out like it's gonna be like. I'm supposed to be really funny. I mean, <laughs> luckily, these weird like, questions? I'm still, I'm like still just low enough on the radar where it's like no one gives a shit. Like I don't have a following. I don't have a lot of followers on social media. Well, you like, need to like, you know, you, um, you need to uh, change. You know, just it, keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, but it's I guess also that's like, why I was asking if you like stand up. I really like stand up because it's sort of like you can't cheat the time that you need you can't cheat the time and the work you still have to put in to get good like that's why i really dues, liked it that's, like, i i liked that it was a very merit bait it was one of the most actually jim gaffigan told me that he's like in, of entertainment 
it's not it's the most merit based of, of all of them because you can like know people and have connections but if you're bad it doesn't even though nowadays it's getting a little less that yeah. way you, <laughs> you can be, be bad you can be okay you have to be at least okay yeah you do i mean it, you do have to like put in work though right. and i do think you need to like obviously have like a love for it on right. some level because i mean it's not fun most of the time but i think with you i don't think you would fall into that because that happens more when the person who is a kid is their parent is a famous comic or their the brother or sister right of a famous right comic. it's different your yeah. parents were in comedy but it's not like it's a different thing yeah totally it was it's weird. a total different art form because like harold was a performer but mom always said that he seemed like a performer who didn't want to be on stage which uh, i kind of like, get totally like when he was in movies he always seemed like yeah, Bill Murray made me be in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I even remember he was a straight man. Like an interview. Well, that's why Bill Murray loved him because he was like, "Oh, he'll be in the movie and just let me be the funny guy." He was like, "Yeah, you be funny." Right. But that is really funny because I remember like even like when like Ghostbusters, I was always like, "Who is that guy? Like, why is he in this?" Dan Hackford was a straight guy in Ghostbusters too. They were all basically straight guys, except for, Bill for, except for Bill Murray. If you think about it. even the black guy who was supposed to be Eddie Murphy. You know what's but, funny? They were all straight men. None of them were funny. Mm-hmm. I want to make a movie like that where they're all just straight men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the funny guy? In the, no, like, um, I feel like Ghostbusters was so, like, the plot of it was, like, almost the star of the movie because it was such a crazy, like, wacky plot. But I always do remember that with Harold Ramis when I'd see him in things. It was always like... Wait, he doesn't he, like. He didn't seem like like he was good. We didn't seem like he wanted to be there. He was in exactly second, yeah. what you said. He was in Second City, right? He was, um, yeah. And uh, didn't he hate Bill Murray at the end? Didn't they not talk? I think they had like a you know because I I hear Bill's kind of like his own brand of crazy, and they didn't talk for a few years. But then towards the end, they reconciled. Oh, that's good. Um, it was which great. Was nice. I think on the Oscars, did he do it? Bill Murray was presenting an award. And they were reading the um, nominees, and then I don't know what award it was for. And Harold Ramis had just died like recently, and he yeah. was like, and also for Groundhog Day and Caddyshack yeah. and Vacation. Oh. I think Ramis. fucking Bill Murray should be very appreciative of Harold Ramis. I, I yeah. he's in all his best I mean, movies. I think it's one of those things where like you always hear about like bands they just they hate each other because they they're around each other so and you know Shump is like the egos There's so many egos it's yeah. hard to coexist like like your band. My band, there was always sort of like an implicit understanding where it's like, all right, it's your band and I'm just the replacement singer. And it, even for all the times, it's like, no, no, it's a collaborative thing. It's like, it's still your band. What was the name of the band again? The Lost Patrol. Oh, oh okay. Um, do you have Do you have any favorite mo- like comedy movies? I, I, go through, real... I go through phases. Like, I mean, I know this sounds horrible to keep bandying about the term autistic, or, or but movies. sometimes I feel like I'm a little spectrumy because it's like I'll I'm very OCD and I'll have an like I'll have a fixation with something for a while where I'll just like watch that one movie for yeah. A, a I'm month. like that too. Um, where it's like I'm okay. I'm only eating spaghetti bolognese for the month, and I'm watching The Goodbye Girl, and that's gonna be my month. And right. then you know, next month it'll be Georgie Girl, no. and you that's know, everyone. Avocado wraps. That's or everyone's February. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but what, what's one you've had recently that you've gone through that, or have you? Um, Is there a go-to movie for you where you're like, oh? There's a couple. Okay, um, there's there's a Australian animator named Adam Elliott who does stop motion movies, and one movie that I really love is called Mary and Max. Okay. Um, 
It's about a little Australian girl who starts a pen pal relationship with um, a fat Jewish New York man who has Asperger's. Okay. Is Ryan Um, Reynolds in that? No, Philip. The other other hunky man, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's in it? it? He does the voice. And Tony Collette. Because it's claymated. Oh, okay. Um, And then I always always love, uh, you know... uh, What's her, Elaine May movies? I really mm-hmm. like a new Lee for the Heartbreak Kid. Oh, um, did Elaine May? Wh- what did she have to do with? Uh, that? Oh, she was she directed that. She directed the good. Yeah. Bo- the, no, the, uh, um, the Heartbreak Kid. The Heartbreak, the original. With Charles Grodin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a new leaf is that? Um, and a new leaf is Walter a movie. Matthau? Yeah, oh. and she was in that too. Oh, really? I didn't um, know that. She was the botanist. Uh, I saw a New Leaf when I was super young. I, like I remember my mom liked that movie a lot. Yeah. Didn't, didn't she write? Didn't she write the Birdcage with? Uh, she did uh, with Mike Nichols. Yeah, because they were an old comedy. Oh, they team. were married, yeah. right? No, were they married or were they, they, they just? Schnupping? I think they were just. Yeah, they were just a comedy oh. team, whatever that meant. Yeah, and I like say stupping again. <laughs> stupping. <laughs> oh, they were doing it. It's yeah, probably. Um, but she's great. Have you seen any movies out now? Out now. I'm bad with movies. Sorry, out this is like putting the a lot one thing, of pressure. You know, because I'm like, I'm such a throwback. So it's like, I'm going to watch Victor Victoria for a month and really analyze it. Um, <laughs> Are you into that? Like analyze over analyzing movies? Yeah. Where, you know, it's like you pick up on something and then you're like, hey, I just noticed this thing. And the person you're living with is like, that's great. Like, I've seen this movie a hundred fucking right. times now. Because um, um, I, I get into that. Like, uh, I last, just last night I was what this guy makes videos like dissecting movies usually stanley kubrick movies because his movies have so many they do actually have layers because he was this kind of like crazy genius who would just put all these things and this guy did did this video dissecting the shining and have you seen the shining is that the one wait no i know the shining but i'm just asking is this the documentary where he's like oh and the moon landing was faked because he's got it on his sweater no it's not but it's but this is a guy who who does that i think he does it better than that movie does because he does like this one video was like 20 minutes long and it was all about there's a scene in the shining where there's a guy in a bear costume yes. who's like blowing someone yeah. and he, the whole video is just dissecting that. And it's that one shot. No, but he, he, he shows other shots that kind of allude to it. And he's basically saying, and it's like, if you watch it, it's amazing because he, he's saying it, it alludes to the, the idea that, Jack Nicholson's character has is sexually abusing the kid. Oh. And there are a lot of things in the movie that go back to That's it. That's horrible. Like, remember when he gets, like, attacked in the room, the kid? Yeah, and a, he's a, got, like, stuff. He's, like, got he's stuff got, like, on his shoulders. Like, he's, he's been all, strangled, like, and then yeah. she's like, you did this. And then he, she, she's like, oh, no, he said that someone else did it. And he's saying that that's, like he's made it up in his head that, uh. that a monster did it. So there's just, I, watching it, it's like, un, I get really fascinated by when people dissect things like that because and then when they actually kind of add up, it, it made, that, I think that's why I get so into like certain movies. I don't know, I just don't understand how you dissect Victor Victoria. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, I guess it's less dice <laughs> than it is just being hypnotized by Robert Preston. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was in that movie. Did you? I saw that when I was like 10 and I didn't like I mean, I don't think you're, it's for 10 year old boys. Everybody. But it's not for. I was like, it's what is this true. shit? I think what I couldn't get past is I was like, what I didn't understand was like the part where she's dressed up as a woman and then takes off 
the wig and everyone's like, oh, ah. and I was like, I don't understand. It's like she still looks like a woman. Just yeah, short she hair. still looks like a woman. Because Julie Andrews is like the least masculine looking woman on the face. So the did you ever think of that? Because the whole movie, I was like, I don't understand. They think she's a man. I don't. <laughs> but she's so clearly not a man. And she's talking like she's like. Hello, <laughs> like exactly like how a woman trying to sound like a man would talk. It yeah. kind of it reminds me of the movie White Chicks. Have you seen oh, yeah. that? Oh yeah. That's based on because it's basically like these girls are friend. There's like four girls who are f- real like best friends, right. and Marlon and Sean Wayans. Uh, put on makeup to pretend to be two of the friends and then they just go hang out with their friends and the friends who have known them for 15 years are never like hey Hey, you're clearly like a guy with a white mask on they're just like hey like it would be like if Marlon Wayans showed up with an Eric mask I was like hey Eric what's up man well you know they actually made fun of that on 30 Rock once it was really funny where Tracy Morgan's character dresses up as a white girl he oh puts my me, God. and everyone's like it's so clearly yeah. you right, right. <laughs> I just really could fun. never get past that with that movie White Chicks and Victor Victoria I just was like I can't get past that that people think that this is what it is right yeah, but I it's didn't. a good movie, Victor Victor. It is, well, you know, I was, I was, it was actually this wasn't just a movie phase. This was like a Blake Edwards phase, oh. where it's like, oh, it's the Great Race and Days of Wine and Roses, which like isn't really a comedy unless you think alcoholism is funny, which I do. <laughs> Who's in that one? It's <laughs> it's Jack Lemmon and Lee Remick. Well, do you remember? I mean, there was a time where like there were movies about alcoholism. There were comedies like this Arthur. Was, oh, no, this isn't a comedy. This is oh, supposed to be a like com- a really sad movie. Oh, okay. But I still like watching. It, what about the Pink Panther movies? The Pink Panther movies are great. Ten? Um, did you ever see Ten? That's Blake no, Edwards. No, right? I never saw that. Oh, one. That's, I just saw that recently. Have you seen that? Long time ago. It's yeah. good. It's mm-hmm. it's weird watching old movies now because they're so different. Like the pacing. Right. Like movies were like slow, you know, because they could be. Now it's just like. Uh, well, I think like, we're conditioning ourselves to have shorter and shorter. No, it's scary. I watch movies now that were like good, and then I watch them like what the what like nothing's happening. It's like you feel like you're on cocaine and having a really bad conversation where right. you're just like, come on, come on. Right, like uh, yeah, movie, like I, I just saw Ocean's Nine, and that was jumping around. Uh, Ocean's fast. Eight, or yeah, eight. Sorry, I'm already getting. I was like, how ahead of the curve are <laughs> you? The girls were jumping around. I saw. Did you like that? Uh, I I, I like okay. I like all those movies. They're basically all the same movie, you know. So I don't. I like caper movies and heists. Yeah, you know? it was. It got. To, it, it was one one of those movies where, you know, those movies now they all they have to be one step ahead of you. So you at the end it always has to be like, oh, I didn't know that. And then things happen, and they're kind of explaining what happened. And I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, you're trying so hard to be ahead of me that I don't know what's going on anymore. Did you right. notice that? Um, yeah. Okay. I, I, so. I, I was like, oh, that's a really complicated like heist. I don't even understand what happened. Yeah, that's the whole point of those. Yeah. That's how I feel about Inception. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they're making fun of it on South Park, and people are like, no, it's so cool. And it's like, no, just because something's needlessly complicated doesn't mean it's cool. Yeah. Exactly. Did you not like it? I liked it. but I saw parts of it, and I was like, all right. How many dream levels are we in now? Right. right. And that's right. what I'm talking about. That's why the high school movies, like Clueless and stuff, 
It's right. just straightforward, and that's why I like them all. It it's is just funny. one straight fantasy. The <laughs> other thing, Inception, every line, because it's so complicated, every line has to be explaining the plot in some yeah. way. So so they don't talk normal. Like They'll be like, well, what is happening now? And he'll be like, well, what's happening is right. now we're in this level, and then if you die here. I've seen that movie nine times. I still don't really think I know exactly what, what was going on. Right. Um. All right, well, that was a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> Got to wrap this up. Well, you have anything else you want to say? Any plugs or? You're um, gonna do some more shows though. I'm coming do up, do some more shows. Yeah. yeah, I just got home last night, so oh. now I gotta get. Now oh. it's like okay. Now I have to reset and get back to my whole New York routine and try to book some shows and um, get to work on whatever the fuck it is that I do. No, you're hilarious, man. I, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm um, telling you, the comedy stand up. It's not your only wet thing, but I think that you, you know, you're great at it. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you for coming by. Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Oh no problem. Yeah, I hope you had a good time. I hope the questions weren't too annoying. No, it was fine. Okay, I'm cool. Like, we should do this like every Monday. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll be back. Definitely. Let's do it again in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> the exact <But> same. Drunk. <laughs> the exact same conversation. We'll listen to it back. We should do that as a podcast. Just memorize it and do the exact same podcast every week. Right, but we should do it like up a third, <laughs> so it's like a harmony. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Say you. something about Hello Kitty real quick for J- Japan. Hello Kitty, Japan. Japan, we love you. Uh, please buy my albums and my songs, Japan. Uh, Get Rich or Move Back In With My Dad, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, Streets Aren't Watching, um, watch my movie Adventures in Comedy. And European Vacation. And European Vacation. Um, Pachaco Rules. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Hello Kitty. Okay. Fuck Karopi. Wait, what is that? It's the Hello Kitty reference. Yeah. Oh. I kind of just assume by context there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, Och- Okinawa? No, that's is that too Japan? soon? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Konnichiwa. All right, thank you very much, guys. Last exit at Brooklyn.